Hello and welcome to this podcast, Yes, I Have a Voice. My name is Ruth Lewis-Cost and I'm a caregiver and I am blessed to be looking after my elderly parents. I started this podcast to remind ourselves that looking after those in need is a privilege. As unpaid caregivers, we need to have a voice. We need to be able to shout loud and be proud of our status. And caregiving has no age. People of all ages are caregivers. This is my way of supporting you all emotionally and practically with tools from other caregivers on how to find the joy in your situation and make amazing memories. So let's dive into this week's episode. Hello again, friends. And today I'm talking to Miriam Baldoing. Miriam is in the Netherlands. So welcome, Miriam. And she has such great advice to, to help us with today. But first of all, we're going to start off with your story. Oh, thank you, Ruth, for having me on your podcast. I'm so excited to share information value nuggets with the audience. My name is Miriam Baldewijn and um, I live in the Netherlands. Um, I owned a web shop from 2013 to 2019. Uh, it was a web, web shop in exclusive women's clothing, full-figured women, because I wanted to show the world that everyone is beautiful. And I succeeded with this web shop. I closed it, this web shop in 2019. And at the time I closed the webshop, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I, the only thing I knew is that I wanted to continue working with people, pouring into people, inspiring, motivating people. So today I'm a happy, strong and confident woman who's addicted to traveling. But um, it wasn't always like this. What most people don't know is that when I met my boyfriend in 1998, he was a diabetic. And as of 1999, not even a year when we started dating, um, he started suffering from kidney failure. And at a certain point, he had to do dialysis. And four years later, in 2003, he had a kidney pancreas transplant surgery. So during those years, besides working full time, I was the caregiver, the cleaner, the cook, the groceries woman, taking care of his medications, driving back and forth to the hospital. And I wasn't paying attention at my own well-being. And the result was that I burned out. And it wasn't until a social worker in the hospital asked me a simple question, Miriam, how are you doing? And that's when I broke. I cried for 15 minutes. I sobbed like a child because of the heaviness that was all on my shoulders. And I was mad at myself because I didn't want my boyfriend to see me like that. We weren't married yet at that time because I thought that I was a superhero. I could do the caregiving on my own. So when I got home that night, I looked in the mirror and I asked myself, Miriam, what are you gonna do for you? Start, but I knew I had to do something I had to learn to love myself, how to do self-care, how to see possibilities, grab opportunities. I had so much to learn. And 
I decided that I had to start where I was in my journey, which was a dark place, burnout. And today, I have the privilege and pleasure because of my past experience to help fellow caregivers own their well-being, revitalize their energy, and teach them, actually guide them how to use the techniques and tools to be both a caregiver and own their well-being. And Miriam, how long did it take you to feel better? Obviously, you, you couldn't get over it, but to at least feel that you could help your boyfriend at the time and, and to, that you were in a place where you could move forward again. Yeah, well, actually, it took me, um, it took me a couple of weeks just to find out, okay, if I, I started with small things because in the beginning, I, want to, I wanted to do too much, but that didn't work. So I started with journaling in the morning, three to five minutes. I started with journaling because that helped me clear my mind, get it out of my head. I didn't know how to meditate, but I started with meditation for five to 10 minutes. And I found out that it helped me. I was more relaxed. And what I discovered is that I transferred that energy to my boyfriend and he became more relaxed as well. So um, because of that, I wanted I wanted more. I wanted to journal uh, for more minutes. I wanted to meditate for more minutes. Um, I came up with other ideas like, okay, um, if this works, I can read a book for 30 minutes or I can go for a walk for 20 minutes, but it didn't happen overnight. It took me a couple of weeks. And, you know, Ruth, I had days when I was feeling good and I had days when I was feeling bad it's so interesting how just having some form of morning routine can truly change the day yeah and like you I also I I kind of I meditate um sometimes just five minutes um I I journal to be honest and fair I don't journal every day but I feel I should journal more have a gratitude um, sort of little notebook and I, I write my gratitude down in there but I also like to feel my way through it not just write it um, affirmations as well yeah. um, so many lovely things and it does surprisingly it makes a difference I feel a lot of people perhaps can't see why it would yeah but neuroscience actually backs exactly. us up doesn't it it absolutely, you know, one of my favorite affirmations is um, that helped me through my journey is I am worthy of a wonderful life too. And Ruth, I, in the beginning, I just said the words, but the more I said the words, the more I believed it. So my thoughts, my words, I believed it. And because I believed it, I was more willing to be open-minded, more willing to see possibilities, more willing to grab opportunities. For instance, if I could, um, if a friend could help me with uh, preparing a meal, I grabbed that opportunity because then I could do something for myself if that person was preparing dinner for, both, for me and my boyfriend. 
then I could do something for myself, for Miriam, and invest in myself and fill my cup so I could be a better caregiver because he was very ill. He was feeling very bad and he had lots of episodes of peritonitis while he was on dialysis. So yeah, those days were awful days and it drained me, it overwhelmed me. So by journaling, by meditating, by clearing my head, by taking a nap, a 15 to 20 minute nap, I was recharging my battery. That's such good advice. It it really, really is. So tell us, how long did this, this sort of period in your life last? It started in the summer of 1999, and he had a his surgery in November 2003, uh, but he needed two major surgeries. So one was done in November 2003 and the other one in February 2004. But that's not all. Because of his diabetes, which is a nasty illness, (laughs) um, he has neuropathy. So in 2009, so years after the transplant surgery, he broke his ankle and he didn't feel anything because of the neuropathy. So he needed surgery. He got surgery, but surgery didn't go as planned. So his ankle grew crooked and he um, um, had ulcers under his foot, which we didn't notice because of the neuropathy. So at a certain point, one of the ulcers was almost an inch deep, almost all the way up to his bone. And I had to clean it. I chose to clean it myself, Ruth, because otherwise I would have to drive him every day to the hospital so that the nurses could clean it. So when I heard that, I said, no, I'm going to do it myself. I want to do it myself to save me time, to save me exhaustion. So he had so many surgeries. He had eye surgeries. We lost count. So from 1999 till... 2010 was very hectic and he had his last eye surgery two years ago so it's been a roller coaster yes it sounds like it and during that time were you still working or did you have to give up no I was still working I was still working and when I started my web shop in 2013 I decided to work part-time and I still work part-time for the government. Um, And I'm happy I I can still work part-time for the government um, and do my coaching business, which I started last year besides. Um, But I'd love to do it full-time to coach, to guide caregivers. Um, Because not only my husband, my brother, I'm also the caregiver to my brother who had a stroke in 2012. So um, it's been quite a journey. But today I'm grateful that both of these two great gentlemen in my life, that they are doing fine. My brother was partially paralyzed, but thankfully today he can walk and talk again. And although his right arm isn't functioning, he is still alive. And he needs care, but 
It's not like um, years before when it just happened. That's it's really good to hear that both of them are still alive and and doing pretty well as well. So you mentioned about your coaching. Yeah. So now you are a coach to help other caregivers, which is amazing because you've had so much experience. Yeah. And you've lived through so many difficult times. I, I would suggest that you were so well placed to be able to help other people. Mm-hmm. So I know that you've got you've got some brilliant ideas of how caregivers can find a bit of joy in their situation. Yeah. So tell yeah. us some more, give us some great tips. So before I tell you that, you know, it's important for uh, the listeners to know that when people hear that you're a coach, in my case, I am guiding caregivers. I am telling them what I experienced and how I did it. What did I do? How did I solve this uh, uh, problem or uh, what you're struggling with? So before I could do self-care, I needed to change my mindset. I had to work on a mindset set shift first. And there were five mindset shifts I had to make. And the most important one was going from impossible to possible. Because I could come up with 10 impossibilities before I could come up with one possibility. So that was the first thing. I had to get rid of all the disbeliefs. I, you know, um, the things that I was capable of, what I was worthy of. I had to believe it that I was worthy of a wonderful life. So that's when it comes to the mindset so that I didn't feel guilty when I was finally doing self-care because one of the biggest struggles of caregivers is that when they finally have time to do something they love, which is self-care, they feel guilty. So true. Today, I don't feel guilty anymore. People say, okay, you have to do self-care. Yes, it's true. But what goes on in your mind change that mindset that you are worthy of doing self-care and I I, also it occurs to me that not only about understanding and feeling worthy that you um, are having self-care it's also understanding that if you are looking after yourself you are then going to be able to look after your family member even better as a result and that's why it's so one of the reasons it's so important it's, it's super important. And one of the things I also um, guide them with is um, how to set boundaries, how, why, and when. You know, saying no to others is saying yes to yourself. It isn't easy. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it, it's not that you go to sleep and the next morning you say, okay, I can set boundaries. It's possible, but it's a process. But saying no to others and yes to yourself is a form of self-care as well. I was also um, busy with, okay, what would people think of me? Today I can say, well, that's none of my business. That's none of my business what others think of me. So So those are the tips I want the listeners to think about. And... It's very important to choose for yourself. It's not a form of egoism. It's self-love. 
and taking care of yourself and ask for help when needed and accept it when offered. I love one tip you gave me, which was to utilize your your sort of contacts your contacts list yes <laughs> utilize people find out what they are good at and then ask for help don't be afraid to but ask for help yeah. in the way that you know that they would be best able to and and utilize them which is actually something I think um probably most of us wouldn't do we might even think about it because that whole idea of asking for help is something that's so alien to many of us yeah and we feel we can't ask we have to wait for somebody to offer but yeah. what's happening is quite often is people don't want to offer they want to wait until they're asked so yeah. of course you know in, nothing's happening <laughs> you know and and most people when you're a caregiver and people see that everything is working well they don't see that you have a lack of sleep you know um they think oh she's got it okay, she's doing fine. Oh, no, she's doing a great job. But I wasn't doing a great job. So ask for help. I always thought, no, I'm not going to ask for help. I have my pride. And people will think that I'm weak, that I can't take care of him. And today I can say not asking for help is a sign of weakness. So true. Absolutely. Not asking for help is a sign of weakness. And there's so much. I, I wish I could give all the tips. But these are the some of the tips, some of the issues, things I dive deeper in in my six-week online program. And, you know, everybody is in a different place in her or his journey. But what I do want to share is that my journaling led to my book, because I took all the content, all that I've written, and it's now my book, Caregiver 2.0, From Burnout to Powerhouse. Everybody has a story. And you often hear the stories of the patients and not the caregivers, the, the person taking care of the patient. That is and, so right. And this is why I started this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I love it. I love it. And, you know, I, I share my story as much as I can. Because even my family, after they read my book, they were like, oh, my gosh. I knew it was tough for you, but I had no clue that it was that difficult for you, that you were struggling. And I tell them, please don't feel sorry. I had a mask on, but this is what really, what really goes on in caregiver's life. Care, caregiving is challenging, both mentally and physically. And today I'm able to share my story and I am blown away by the impact it has on others, both caregivers and non-caregivers. Even dog owners ask me now, okay, Miriam, can you help me? Can you guide me? And I say, yes, because their dog is their loved one. Yes. It's their loved one. Nurses, medical professionals, they are caregivers too. 
That's oh. so beautiful. It's it's just it's so lovely. And you're absolutely right. We have masks on. Yeah. And I love that idea in the sense it would really just because it is so true. We are thinking that if we ask for help, we feel we're we're being or being seen as not coping. And that's traditionally seen as not being good enough or, you know, not strong enough and not dealing with it well enough. So yeah. we soldier on often by ourselves unless somebody asks us what they can do for us. So yeah. you've kind of opened up the whole idea of, no, it's down to us to ask for help. Um, I just, you mentioned your six week course. So please do tell us how can people find you to find out more about that course? Absolutely. Um, via my website, miriambaldwin.com, you can read about um, my course. My website is being updated right now, but you can schedule a call. I'd like to see and talk to people before I start working with them. Uh, also to comfort them so they can see and hear Miriam. They can see and hear me. And then together we find out where you are in your journey because my journey is not your journey, but the struggles are the same. Um, so people can find me via miriambaldwin.com, but on my social media channels, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, but mostly Instagram and Facebook, I share a lot of value. I share a lot of information. I even ask questions. Um, and the reason why I ask questions, Ruth, is because I want people to think about their situation. How can you be a better caregiver? How can you revitalize your energy? So um, that's where people can find me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, and I'm inviting everyone to join my campus because you are worthy of a wonderful life too. And even if it means that you say, okay, I want to go to the next level, even if the next level means I want to learn how to take five minutes and just breathe. I'm here for you. That's brilliant. I will be putting in the information in the show notes. So, you know, don't worry if you weren't able to actually catch that or write it down. They will be in the show notes. So you can connect with Miriam very, very easily. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today and I just love your, your sort of tips. And obviously we've, we've barely touched the tips that you have. So what I would say is if you really, really do feel you need some help or even just some ideas, please do contact Miriam because she has got so many. It is quite amazing. And also I would say, please read her book because it is incredible. So thank you so much, Miriam, for being with us. Thank you for your time and take care. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And don't forget, if you like this episode, 
please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a five-star review. It really helps. See you next time.